0: This is the Thursday edition of Transformation Radio.
1: Who all around me is lost in misery? The only good I've got in my life is you. No meaning, no other reason. When everything feels fun of feel you.
2: testament comes from the book of hebrews chapter 7 verses 18 through 28 the law was not intended to save people or to make them perfect only to point out sin to point toward christ salvation comes through christ and christ alone whose sacrifice brings forgiveness for our sins being ethical working diligently to help others and giving to charitable causes are all commendable But all of our good deeds cannot save us or make us right with God. How can you then draw near to God? The Bible makes it clear that your own body is God's temple. Your spirit needs and wants closeness with God. You want to know the living God personally, not as an idea or concept, not as a distant monarch. You can draw near to God through prayer, worship, and Bible meditation. You need not live like a monk isolated. But you probably need more prayer in your life, more communication, more conversation with God. The habit of worship has become a convenience to be wedged between sports and other recreations. Instead, make worship your top priority. Bible meditation may include verse memory, songs, and quiet personal reading. The Bible is the Word of God for you. Use it every day, and you will draw nearer and nearer to God. We'll also read here in today's scripture in the New Testament that Jesus has a permanent priesthood. He should be everyone's ultimate authority for spiritual life. In our culture today, however, many people have advisors and counselors whom they elevate almost to the role of a priest. People look to political leaders and lawyers, physicians, insurance agents, and financial advisors to provide hope, long life, and security against all disasters. Many Christians regard the advice of priests and ministers, Christian friends, and even pop musicians before they consider the words of Jesus written in the Bible. Hey, make sure your first allegiance and priority is to know and follow the advice given by our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, let's read all about it now here in today's reading of the New Testament. November 6th, the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 7 verses 18 through 28. Yes, the old requirement about the priesthood was set aside because it was weak and useless. For the law never made anything perfect. But now we have confidence in a better hope through which we draw near to God. This new system was established with a solemn oath. Aaron's descendants became priests without such an oath. But there was an oath regarding Jesus. For God said to him, The Lord has taken an oath and will not break His vow. You are a priest forever. Because of this oath, Jesus is the one who guarantees this better covenant with God. There were many priests under the old system, for death prevented them from remaining in office. But because Jesus lives forever, His priesthood lasts forever. Therefore He is able, once and forever, to save those who come to God through Him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. He is the kind of high priest we need, because he is holy and blameless, unstained by sin. He has been set apart from sinners, and has been given the highest place of honor in heaven. Unlike those other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices every day. They did this for their own sins first, and then for the sins of the people. But Jesus did this once for all when He offered Himself as the sacrifice for the people's sins. The law appointed high priests who were limited by human weakness. But after the law was given, God appointed His Son with an oath, and His Son has been made the perfect high priest forever. Psalm 106, verses 1-12 through If we ever stop to list all the mighty acts or miracles in the Bible, we would be astounded. They cover every aspect of life. The more we think about what God has done, the more we can appreciate the miracles He has done for us individually. Birth, personal development, salvation, specific guidance, healing, loving friends and family. You know the list goes on and on. If you think you've never seen a miracle, well look a little closer. You'll see God's power and loving intervention on your behalf. God still performs great miracles every day. Psalm 106 verses 1 through 12. Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Who can list the glorious miracles of the Lord? Who can ever praise Him enough? There is joy for those who deal justly with others, and always do what is right. Remember me, Lord, when you show favor to your people. Come near and rescue me. Let me share in the prosperity of your chosen ones. Let me rejoice in the joy of your people. Let me praise you with those who are your heritage. Like our ancestors, we have sinned. We have done wrong. We have acted wickedly. Our ancestors in Egypt were not impressed by the Lord's miraculous deeds. They soon forgot His many acts of kindness to them. Instead, they rebelled against Him at the Red Sea. Even so, He saved them, to defend the honor of His name, and to demonstrate His mighty power. He commanded the Red Sea to dry up. He led Israel across the sea, as if it were a desert. So He rescued them from their enemies, and redeemed them from their foes. Then the water returned, and covered their enemies. Not one of them survived. Then his people believed his promises. Then they sang his praise. Proverbs chapter 27, verses 4 through 6. Anger is cruel, and wrath is like a flood. But jealousy is even more dangerous. An open rebuke is better than hidden love. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy.
1: Day, you barely have the strength to pray in the valley low. And how hard your fight has been, how deep the pain within wounds that no one else has seen, hurts too much to show. And
3: reading is from Genesis chapter 37, where we find Joseph, at his father's command, traveling to check on his brothers. His brothers hated him, and when they saw him coming, they devised a vengeful scheme. In verse 23, we read, So it came about, when Joseph reached his brothers, that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the very colored tunic that was on him, and they took him and threw him into the pit, Now the pit was empty, without any water in it. Then they sat down to eat a meal, and as they raised their eyes and looked, behold, a caravan of Ishmaelites was coming from Gilead, with their camels bearing aromatic gum and balm and myrrh, on their way to bring them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, What profit is it for us to kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come! And let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and not lay our hands on him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. And his brothers listened to him. Then some Midianite traders passed by, so they pulled him up and lifted Joseph out of the pit, and sold him to the Ishmaelites for twenty shekels of silver. Thus they brought Joseph into Egypt.
4: As a teenager, Joseph lost almost everything. His family, his position as the favored son, his home, and his freedom were abruptly taken from him. How stunned he must have been by the hatred of his siblings and such overwhelming loss. But one thing he did take with him was his faith in God. Life is like that at times for every one of us. Sudden changes in health or finances, the unexpected death of a loved one, or abandonment by a good friend can bring us into a dark season. We do not understand why the Lord has allowed the trial or lets the pain continue. Joseph probably wondered the same things, but he managed to hold fast to his faith. Even as a slave in a foreign land, he experienced the blessing of God's presence, and recognizing that the Lord was with this young captive, his Egyptian master showed him favor. For believers, one of the keys to walking through dark valleys— Those times when life seems to be crumbling and the future is looking grim is to embrace the reality of the Lord's presence with us. At the moment of salvation, the Holy Spirit comes to live permanently within the new Christian and seals him or her as belonging to God forever. Because of the indwelling Spirit, we're never apart from God. No circumstance, suffering, or loss can separate us from Him or His love. Take a few minutes each day and reflect on Jesus' promise to be with us always. The result will be that this truth becomes planted deep within your soul to sustain you in hard times.
1: Calling
5: all the messengers
1: Calling all the messengers Calling all the messengers
0: We've been given a call, been forgiven, risen, we live in and give them our all. Rise up from your past, it's holding you down. This moment is all that matters, the future is now. How will the people know if we don't tell them, if we fail them? they stumbling in the dark, but the light is what we carry in. Yeah. Don't have to wonder your purpose or what you're here for. Reflect his image and show the world what he cares for. And I know it's all right, alright. right. You know, and yeah, you know, it's sure life, life, life. we know, and we know, the time's running out. Can't wait to cause... Destruction where ignorance kills many the blind leading the blind we turn in the blind eye. that alone is a crime we got the power of life I know that we make mistakes don't let them keep you away mercy love is grace the reason we move ahead speak out though we never been qualified to do it I ain't earned it I was loved into it I'm brand new yeah and I know it's all right right, right. you know and yeah, you know it's your lie 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 And yeah, we know and we know the time's running out. can't wait around cuz
6: My name is Angel Sanchez. I'm 44 years old. I'm from Toledo, Ohio. And I was brought up in a very good home. My mother, my father, fo- my stepfather. I never heard him cuss, scream, yell. I chose to take my own path in life. My real father was a um, drug dealer, gangster, died heroin addict. And I just chose to take my own path. And obviously, it was the wrong way. I ended up going to prison at the age of 18. I have a total of 18 years incarcerated. I've been throughout the state of Ohio from minimum security to maximum security. I met my wife while I was incarcerated and we got married in Lucasville, Ohio. I only told her half the truth about my life. And when I got released, I continued to uh, live the lifestyle that I was living. And she ended up finding out about it and we ended up divorced. But in that process, um, I started using heroin. I got strung out. And I became septic, and I went into a coma for three weeks, ten operations, liver failure, kidney failure, and I was one day from the plug being pulled on me. And by the grace of God, I woke up, 60 pounds lighter, unable to walk, barely able to use any of my limbs, and here I am today at the refuge. Able to run, walk, lift weights, and try and live a normal life, but with God's grace only. Without him, I'd be dead. And thanks to the refuge, I'm able to get back on my feet and find out the real purpose that God has in store for me.
5: From wherever you've been, come broken hearted, let the rescue begin. Come find your mercy, oh sinner, come kneel. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal.
1: So lay down your burden.
5: I'm so. Business Network in association with the Refuge Ministries presents one of the 40 principles of the Foundation for Achievement.
7: John, this next self government principle is the principle of attitude, and I believe this is so important because it's different than what we've heard before. It's based upon Matthew 5, verse 8. It's one of the few New Testament scriptures that we use in Foundations for Achievement, and this is the scripture Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That's true attitude. That's right. Adi- the true
8: attitude is uh, the pure in heart. Pure in heart means that uh, you got a pure heart, uh, and you'll see God. When when you are pure in heart, and we'll get into the lesson of it, but when you when you are really pure in heart, you can see God in almost everything, you, negative and positive, but you see how God functions. But without a pure heart, you just see what you want to see. So it's critical. The pure heart is the critical part of it.
7: Webster defines attitude as a posture or One's mental state of mind. They describe it as one's disposition. We hear much about positive mental attitude, but attitude is one's disposition, good or bad. So when we meet someone, we can easily determine what state of mind they are in by their attitude. The above quotation, blessed are the pure in heart, is saying that blessed people are the people who are in the right frame of mind, sound, stable, rational, and positive. The end result of this is they will see God. That's an open-ended thing, John, that you can walk around in such a pure mindset that you'll see God in everything.
8: That's right. If if you are pure in heart, and that was the emphasis of Jesus, if you are pure in heart, what you'll do is you'll walk and you'll meet all kinds of people, and you'll see God in everything you, you'll see God dealing with a person that's even bad you, you'll see God dealing with a person that's good you'll understand the functions of life or what you call the the uh, moral activity or the spirit in in the world you, you'll see behind the scene of things because you'll have insight into that but that comes from a pure heart attitude is when we say uh, someone's attitude uh, it can be good or bad because sometimes somebody has a bad attitude or a good attitude. So attitude alone is not positive. The positive part comes by when you understand and see into it. So a pure heart will have you. You can pump yourself up and say, well, I'm positive, you know, and you can pump yourself up, but it's not a lasting thing. It's just a front that you put on. It's like a coat that you wear. But a real genuine person that has a pure heart, he will always be positive because he can see the good and the bad and he can watch the functions of the uh, the spirit behind the scene.
7: Now you're going to show us how to get into a positive mental attitude and right state of mind. <laughs> I'm trying to <laughs> <laughs> number 1, we must take charge of our mind. We must discipline it, feed it on a diet of healthy mind food. Oh yes. We must develop it into a predetermined code or creed of what we want to become. The mind is similar to a muscle. It can be developed by exercising. It can be trained and disciplined to function according to our will.
8: That's right, and most people have a little problem with that. Most people think that the the, the mind is something, uh, you know, kind of far out. It, it It's a, it's like a muscle. It, it's like you can exercise it. You can control it. You can discipline it. The outcome of a person is based upon how he's raised. Really, that's really true. We have temperaments, but the the, uh, the person that grows up in a certain family or in a certain environment has 90% chance of coming out a certain way. So it's not saying like, well, I'm born with this destiny. You know, people people justify their actions saying like, they say, well, I'm born saying like to be uh, uh, a homosexual. If that's true, then some people are born to kill. You know, that's not true. It's not true. You're, you're, the behavior that you get is based upon how you develop your mind and how you develop your worldview.
7: The second reason, we must choose our destiny. That is, we must choose to become something, such as a positive, happy, successful person. A mind cannot be positive without a direction or track to run on. It has to focus on something. If we don't give it direction, it will go to the path of least resistance. In order to be happy, things need to happen. In order to be successful, we need a goal. And in order to be positive, we need to be focused on, I can and I will, which then leads us to our mission and it connects us to our preset destiny (laughs) that's pretty
8: self-explanatory you know i mean it's like that that's just powerful i mean when i read that you know it just it just gets into my life because it's what i've seen so long that how it works because the first thing you know the first part was that you have to take charge of your mind you have to decide that you are going to discipline your mind the second one is you'd have to choose your destiny you got to have a clear picture of something that you want to be and stuff like that, because then if you don't, the mind will wander, and it'll just go every direction. Uh, so, so you have to. When you go to school and go to class, that's why they have a book. That's why they have a subject. So they stick your nose in the subject and get into it, so your mind goes after that subject. So same as the person. You have to decide what you want to be, where you're going to go, and then that controls your mind and keeps you focused. If not, the mind becomes scatterbrained and you go every direction. You can't. Like horses in the, in the fields, and like when you plow, you put blinders on them. They can only see in front of them. They can't see beside them or back of them. So that's what, uh,
7: that's what you need. The third reason is that we must see beyond the present. Along the way in pursuit of happiness or success, we will run into situations. Within every situation, we must see the future that will take us one step closer to our goal. This brings hope. Then hope stimulates and motivates us into action to overcome the situation. Whenever we have discouraging thoughts, we must refocus on our goal and the rewards of overcoming.
8: Again, that's so self explained explained. You know, it's like it's like, but it's so simple, but it's so powerful. I am reminded so many times when I deal with people. Uh, they talk about their problems, stuff like that, and. Uh, and they're backward focused, and I'm reminded of the scripture that what Jesus said. He said, yes. uh, "He said, any man that puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom." That's yes. not the kingdom. The kingdom is looking forward. It's burying the past. Only glean from the past, learn from things, mistakes and stuff like that. But to have an attitude that's positive, coming from a pure mind, you've got to be able to bury things. But people hang on to it. And here's a natural thing that works in your mind: if you do not see the future you will look at the present and find fault with it and you'll blame the past. That's an absolute way our minds work that's just the way it works.
7: Say that again, John that is just so powerful Saying
8: like if you don't have a future if, if you don't have something in the future you're looking the future, you will absolutely be focused on the present and then the problems of the present and then you'll go to the past and justify the pre- pre- uh, present problems from the past. that's profound yeah that's, you, profound. that's just that's just the way it works. And to be a positive attitude, have a positive attitude, you've got to be able to bury the past and correct the future. But you have to do it by having, uh, a, having a future outlook in life.
7: The fourth thing is we must have the right foundation. It's one thing to believe, but another thing to have the right to believe. And I'm going to stop there because when this principle was originally done, we had it typed, it's one thing to have belief, but another the right to believe. And you said, no, there's a huge difference in
8: that. Oh, Yeah. The right to believe means that some people say, well, a positive mental attitude, I'm going to be great, I'm going to be great, I'm going to be great. You have no right, there, there's no foundation for that. Uh, if, if you say, I'm going to be great, and saying like, because I'm doing this, this, and this, and this, then it gives you the right to believe that you're going to wind up being great. So sometimes people say, I'm going to be great, or I'm going to do this, I'm going to be wealthy, and they don't want to work. The foundation of this, you got to have a foundation of the reason why you believe something. So as soon as you say, I'm going to be wealthy, I'm going to be a millionaire, I'm going to ask you how. And if you don't have the how, then you don't have the foundation. you got to find out the reason. So it's based upon the commandments of God and the will of God and the moral character of a person. You've got to have that in order to, to make that.
7: It's one thing to be positive, but another to believe a lie. With every goal, there must be the right reason. With every dream, there must be the right purpose. And for success, there must be right principles. Success is guarded by problems.
8: That's true. It's like uh, it's just like Israel went to wanted to go after milk and honey, but they had to go through the wilderness, and they could not go to Canaan to get milk and honey until they obeyed the laws. They got to get Egypt out of them, and so you could not. You could not get milk and honey. You can't live the milk and honey unless you get the structure right inside of you.
7: To solve the problems or get the gold medal, we need courage and persistence. Therefore, it's a learning experience to get the gold. In the end, what we learn in getting the medal is more valuable than the gold itself. As the Lord said, blessed or happy are they that are pure in heart. That means they have the right state of mind. They shall see God or get the gold medal. And happy are the people who have developed the right state of mind, for they shall see God or discover God behind every situation and problem. So God is not just in our victories. We'll see him in our problems, and our situations. That's right. If you have a problem, chances are God is
8: trying to deal with you and teach you a lesson so that you can go further. And we've got to look at that as God. See, we, we've got to see that the Spirit of God is working for our behalf. It's an, our encouragement. So when we have a problem God is just saying like I want to protect you you got to deal with this problem because if I let you go ahead with success you don't deal with this problem that's going to come up and catch up with you and going to pull you down. So every problem we should be looked at as a stepping stone and a reason to go somewhere it's a little discipline from god
7: this is good john once we get into this state of mind our attitude will be positive because we won't be afraid of the problems we know what's behind them it's like the treasure hunt always looking beyond the situation in fact we can become dangerously positive where we get so fearless that we could do stupid things by getting out of touch with reality
8: oh yeah i've been there (laughs) and i've done that (laughs) that's why i'm talking about it because i'm a very positive individual um but um, positive came from. I was not born that way, and I was not raised that way. I I, I became that way beyond understanding God and His laws. But uh, there were times in my life that I felt, I felt so strong and so believed that I could do anything and get away with it. You know, almost like you know, nothing has matters anymore. And I made some real dumb mistakes and cost me a lot of money. Wow. But uh, but uh, I got it all corrected. But but you can become dangerously positive.
7: A positive attitude will give us a great future. A negative attitude will keep us close to the present with very little progress. They both cause a measure of stress. Negative people worry and fear. Positive people push to conquer. But happy are the pure in heart, for they shall see God in everything and get the king's gold ring of prosperity. Uh,
8: the king's gold ring, that means that God's on your side and blesses you. He'll give you the, the ring of stamp of approval. And uh, that, that's, that's worthy to have. But positive attitude is not something that you just decide on. It's, it's something that you create. It's an environment that you create. But it, it comes from a pure mind.
7: The Principle of Attitude, Matthew 5 Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Give us some closing thoughts, Sean.
8: Yeah, seeing God, uh, a lot of people think that, you know, seeing God is saying like having visions and dreams and all that kind of things. And, you know, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about seeing God from a pure heart because you understand the intent of people. You understand why things are the way they are. You understand the functions of God and the spirit world. You understand how life functions. And once you do that, then you can see how you fit in, how somebody else fits in, how God fits in, and the value of all. And then that gives you a positive uh, attitude because you now understand that not everything is going to go your way. You find out that not everything is going to be for the other person. You understand that there's rules and regulations to follow. And so you can control your attitude by saying, like, I don't find myself functioning in that. But it all starts by taking charge of yourself. If you don't take charge of yourself and program yourself into the things of God and in the way that God built the system, you can't be positive. You can pump yourself up for a while. You can claim to be positive. When the pressure's on, buddy, you'll break. But when you understand God and are uh, have insight into God, uh, you'll see God and you'll function properly. You won't crack. You won't break.
5: Thought would never end Trying to make it on faith In a struggle against the wind I've seen the dark and the broken places oh. But I know in my soul No matter how bad it gets I'll be alright
1: There's hope there's a
5: The storm you finally find. Where the hurt and the tears and the pain don't fall behind. Was right there in your arms And I can say
6: for listening make sure to tune in tomorrow for the next edition of Transformation Radio